Um, well, we've just finished a big sale. Our workers have only just sailed in from uh, New Caledonia last night, so they've all cleared customs in that last night, and that's a large number of the people here, the crews from the four waka that sailed in. Um, they have just finished a big voyage right around the Pacific, so these... That's Hotirua Barclay Kerr, who was on the show back in August 2012, recorded in Auckland as the waka Nahiraka Maitafiti and Tiauriri were about to embark on its voyage across the Pacific. Hotirua Barclay Kerr is a navigator and has for many years traversed the Pacific Ocean on board traditional waka haurua. As a young boy, Hotirua tagged along with his parents to the various hui at Tūranga Waiwai Marae he'd wander away down by the river and play inside the waka shed where the waka taua, or traditional war canoes, were housed. When I was little, there was this little... It wasn't actually little, it was this kind of shed that was on the banks of the waka The one river. that's still there today, or no, was a different bef- one? Oh, it was yeah. an old one before, there yep. just like poles and a roof. And it had all the um, waka taua and that sort of kind of sat around there. And some of the old little river waka and stuff like that and so what happened was um, when my parents would be busy doing that stuff I'd just sort of go down and play around in the waka shed and <laughs> climb all over the wakas and start um, Did you get a growling? Or actually no because hardly anybody went down there Professor Piri Shasha recently retired from his role as Deputy Vice-Chancellor Māori at Victoria University the retirement lasted for about three weeks until he took up a position as Haire at Tipuni Kōkiri. Nongati Kahunganu Ngaitahu, Piri's involvement in the administration and conservation of Māori art goes back to the 1970s. He was inspired by the likes of Twini Nawai and Pita Awatere. My, my growing up was much earlier, I suppose, and our artist culture was more in the performing arts. Uh, and the oral arts, so I'm reaching back into people like um, uh, Tweeny. Remember them performing on stage. I remember watching her at the Hui Torpus in the 60s, um, watching Taiaha uh, experts like Peta Watere. I'm only a young man watching something that we didn't see much of and um, you know being uh, fortunate enough to see people like uh, Tekani Teua Tonight we continue the series where we profile Māori who have contributed to the arts in more ways than one Inga mana ingari o no mai anō ki te ahika Hotsurua Barclay Kerr. Hotsurua is also the name of the captain of the Tainui Waka. Perhaps that's the reason why he was given the name, because for 35 years Hotsurua has been at the pinnacle of Pacific voyaging in Aotearoa. I spent quite a lot of time uh, in the Waikato 
along um, in Kafia, along the Waikato River, Auckland, and Tauranga. So, and, and the thing about that, that's all um, different parts of who I am with different uh, whanaunga that live in all those different places. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. It was sort of basically revolving around those places all the time until I finally settled down in Hamilton in the late 1980s. He was mentored by his kaumatua, his elders on marae in the Waikato region. Perhaps it was his inquisitive nature that led to his interest in waka. I guess that's where it all started to, you know, hatch because I used to have all these... I'd just be down there daydreaming and then about wakas and what it would have been like. And then plus all the stories from my... all my aunties and uncles that always talked about... Because that kafia, kafia is quite a big... Um, Coastal, you, you know, and, and a, a big connection for, or for me and my whanau and our hapu because um, that's where the Taitami Waka is buried. So, so then I'd be hearing all these stories about our ancestors coming across, and there's this wahi tapu at the back of our marae, and the Waka's Taitami Waka is buried there. And so I was, by the time I was about six or seven, and I'm climbing all over these Waka's, I'm having this kind of daydreams all the time about what it was like to travel across the ocean to come to Aotearoa. And then, and so my only real image that I had at that time of a waka coming to Aotearoa was like a waka toa. And I think that's what everybody has. They just think, oh, there's a waka toa and it's loaded up with people and they come heading across the ocean. But uh, as I got older, I saw, you know, and learned other stuff. And then suddenly it was like, oh, there's the sailing wakas up in Hawaii. I should go up there and learn how to do it. And that's sort of how it all... The kākano was planted, eh, when you were, what, six, seven? Yeah, I was really little. I was real little. Did you think it was a great myth? What stories had, did you know about Kupe, Maui, how he yeah, fished yeah, up? Yeah, all the... those stories. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's all those stories that were going on and that, that I knew, you know. And that's because everyone had told me all these stories and told me stories of Hotiro and the Tainui Canoe and Ngātaroi Rangi and Rakatauda. And, so all these famous names of our past were sort of talked about all the time around when, well, well, it seemed to me they talked about all the time. And maybe it's just because all these people thought, oh, yeah, that fellow looks like he's interested in this waka stuff, so we'll talk waka stuff to him. Yeah, and it just sort of went on from there. I guess one of the big things for me was that was probably a motivation when I got older was to be able to do this kind of stuff to tip people's thinking um, to towards understanding that all these stories of Maui, Kupe, Waka sailing across the ocean without tool, modern tools and that isn't uh, myth and legend but real. Hotsurua was raised for the first six years of his life in Ruatoki at the time his parents taught at Ruatoki District High School. Later, he attended Onehunga High School and studied at the University of Auckland. He completed his master's at Waikato University and today he is there as a lecturer. He has learned waka voyaging and celestial navigation from the masters. Mo Pialug of Micronesia navigated the open ocean by understanding the movements of the stars and sun and nature. His wayfinding method of voyaging captured the minds of many young Polynesian men who wanted to learn the ancient method of their ancestors. Hotsurua would be one of them. He was mentored by Nainua Thompson and Mo Pialug. Well, you know, when I first got involved in it, there really weren't 
that many people. Back in the 80s? Was it yeah, back yeah, in the 80s? back in the early yeah, 80s. So I went up to Hawaii, started hanging out with all the Hawaiians and I know Thompson. Nine all Thompson. Guys. So, yeah, so I was up there probably, when was it? I was up there in the early 80s and then it was a little bit after that and then um, Jacko and them all started coming down to do their thing too. But yeah, in the early 80s was... Um, I guess really, when I think about it, was only me. I was in Hawaii in '84, I think, and then Hector was there. And so it was really only us two. He was like me now, and I was only a young fella. Thirty years ago, yeah. yeah. So we were doing all that stuff, and then, um, and so I was lucky because a lot of the Hawaiian guys were very um, encouraging, you know, and very welcoming and very. Um, showed me a lot of whanaungatanga to be involved and learn stuff with them. And so that's what I did. So I was up there, because I'd still been doing all my wakatoa stuff here in Aotearoa, but then in the early 80s what I started doing was going up to Hawaii and then I was doing stuff with the guys in the Polynesian Forging Society and then I was paddling for Wakaama Club up there as well. So wakatoa, wakahaurua and... Wakaama, yeah. So that's when I sort of got into it, and then so I started getting my first sort of introduction into, I guess, first learning how to sail a waka, and then learning about the stuff that you need to know to be able to get it from one place to the next. And who took you under their wing to teach you that? Actually, I spent a lot of time with some of my mates that are no longer around, and so I spent a lot of time with them actually, because I was living in Honolulu, and then oh. you know they'd come from other islands, and then we'd sort of go out and hang out together, and we'd all lie on the roof of my house, and we'd all be looking at the stars and all that kind of stuff. But pretty much, um, Mo was our main um, kaiārahi at that time. So, but you know, and I think at that time too, because Nainoa was, he was, he was like. Up there, and he was the guy, but um, you know, we were just fortunate enough that you know, Mo would be around and he'd be to, to tell us and show us stuff, and we'd do some of that and you know, learn those kind of things. Trying to get us to a point where we can actually have younger people learning how to do this, it seems to be um, catching on. Yeah, it is, it is, it is uh, yeah, it is catching on. I think, um, I know, there's a kind of I don't know how to actually describe it, but you know, people get carried away with the romance of getting on a waka and going for emulating Sail your tukuna. You know, you got. You have, but then there's a reality that comes in, and it sort of debunks. It comes down to uh, who's actually going to be here for the long run. You know, because like everyone goes, yeah, yeah. she goes, oh, we've got a voyage coming on. Everyone goes, yeah, okay, sweet as we're in there, and then when the voyage is over, you're going. Who's around to help look after the worker? And you say, oh, I'm busy now, you know? What happens is that over time you start to get, you, you see who's really um, fully understands what the kaupapa is and who, and who doesn't. I guess yeah, everyone gets carried away with that romantic notion of the tupuna sailing off into the distant horizon and the sun setting, and the birds are flying across the horizon. The whales, yeah, and, and you're dog. going, wow. But it's actually not like that. You know, about a month ago, we had the wakas out of the water, and we had people working on it, and getting people to turn up. And, and the reality is a lot of the ones who turn up to do that work, they probably won't sail, you know, and they just come because of their commitment to the kaupapa and the arua for the waka. They'll turn up and do the main. 
And so, you know, and that's, those are the kinds of things that start to indicate or, you know, or, or show us or these people who's really... Who's really passionate. Well, and who's, the yeah, you know, that it. kind of thing, yeah. But frustrating? No, because um, I think one of, one of the things that I've probably subscribed to in my kind of whole waka kaupapa thing is that the waka kind of chooses who's going to be on board and who's not. So they'll try, they'll do their thing. It's not their buzz. They go and the waka's kind of said, OK, kia ora, thanks for coming, but maybe this isn't your... Your main yeah, set kind of thing. So yeah. I don't get, I wouldn't say frustrated, but you know, I just sort of take on board that that's kind of the nature of a waka. Hotuwa Barclay Kerr was awarded Te Tohu Toi Ke at this year's Te Waka Toy Awards in recognition of leadership and for making a significant positive difference to Nga Toi Māori. No te waka. O tainui ki kāwhia moana te takotoranga iho te waka o tainui mōkau ki, ki runga tamaki ki raro manga toa toa ki wainga nui. Anei, a hotiroa Barclay Kerr. Ah, kia ora tātou. Ah, kā nui nei te mihi. Ah, I te āhuatanga o tēnei pō, i te āhuatanga o ngā... ngā kupu i tukunātu e aku rangatira i runga i tērā... I, I, I roto i tō tātou whare i, I nanai. Ahoi anō. E tuake nei, ahakoa te teitei o ngā ngaru era, ngā whā nui ko kite au, i nungi te moana nui. Ka tahi tētehi pō, hei whakamataku i te tangata. I te nui i te rahi, o e rātu o ngā pūkenga e kite ana i te pōne. I think, I think for me, though, um, in... In being here and being a part of these awards and receiving this award, I think what it does is it, um, I shouldn't say elevates, but I think what it does is it, it opens everyone's thinking to what art is, which is um, what you do within your culture. So it's not, you don't have to be, you don't have to paint, but art is what you do. This is a really, um, fantastic way of honouring these great things that our Tupuna did. So if you could name three characteristics of a person, what they need to, to go on a Pacific voyage, what would that be? They need to be tough inside, and then they need to be very whānau-oriented. Māori? Do they need to be Māori? Nah, because, you know, you don't have to be a Māori to know how to be compassionate. You know, you don't have to be a Māori to understand that if someone looks like they need some help, you go and help them, you know. Um, so, you know, to have that kind of compassion, that strong, deep-down um, sort of personal strength and have heaps and heaps of um, patience... When, when you're sailing, that can really frustrate people who are not used to it, is that, you know, we'll be going along and we'll say, oh, can you just pull that rope again? And they'll, they'll pull it and they say, pull it tighter, 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 okay. And then you'll see what's happening and you'll go, no, nah, that's all right, let it out again. 
And like sometimes you might do that four or five times in like two minutes. And if, you, okay. if you're not patient or you don't understand that this is what the may is to make sure to see how your work is going. Because I've seen people, they're going, but we, you know, they'll answer back and they're going, we just undid that. I'm going, yeah, I know, but just do it again. Hurry up. And because, yeah, you have to be able to do that, be, have those kinds of things. You know, not once did you ever mention physically fit. Oh, it's helpful. At the end of the day, you can make someone physically fit. But, you know, some of those things that I was talking to you about are the kinds of things that really? uh, that, that grow inside a person as you know during their lifetime. And those aren't things that you can sort of... You, you can't teach toughness in, like, six months. You can get someone fit in six months, but you can't teach them to be loving and caring in six months. You know, those kind of things. So those are important for me. Professor Piri Shasha didn't have a lot of time to enjoy his recent retirement as Deputy Vice-Chancellor Māori at Victoria University. The downtime was just three weeks. Today he continues to hold key roles in the public sector. He was appointed Pauwhakahaere at Te Puni Kōkiri and is the Chairman of Te Māori Manaki Taonga Trust and the Māori Broadcasting Funding Agency Te Māngai Pāho. Piri has held a number of advisory roles with Ngaitahu Development Corporation, Toi Māori and Ngāti Kahungunu Runanga for Arts and Culture. Piri had spent 16 years at Victoria University. Two people said to me, how's your retirement? And I said, I'm loving it. I really did. But sort of after the second week, I thought, this feels like being back at work. Yes, I've returned to work, but... I'm quite different in myself about that because, like, I've, I regard my finishing at um, at Victoria University as a sort of kind of pinnacle for my work career, yes. and I've been very lucky and very privileged in all the tūranga that I've um, uh, worked for and worked on. Yes. And and although this is nice and good, this is important in its own way. It it's koe aku taumata. Working, I've, I've done that. So, pia kanga, what is tēnei tūranga hau? Ah, well, te rape, koe ra te tūmana Is it going to be easy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, well, he, he, he tūranga pai, tūranga When we sat down for a chat in Rotsurua, he tells me that he'd spent part of that morning visiting St Faith's Church and one of his whanaunga buried there at the cemetery. We have tipunas buried here, our ngaitahu side of us, Auntie Hera Sterling. Uh, I'm a Sterling on my South Island side, and um, yeah. she uh, she's buried here next to Saint Faith's, and we um, we pop. Why is she buried here, out. Pity? Sorry. Well, she buried a man called Pity Munro. He was a, a minister uh, from here, and they just buried at the side of Saint Faith's. So I popped out and picked up a little phone number Beautiful. from Dinner Maxwell's sister in the shop at Ohinemutu. <laughs> So dinner or Atareta, Atareta Maxwell, Horowaiwai's wife. Well, we went overseas with uh, the um, the Theatre Trust. The Theatre Trust, uh, Isabel Fataro from Heretonga. 
So I've sort of been very lucky, you know, been in some nice places with some nice people. <laughs> wow, this is a little nice trip. So here's a little memory memory mm. place. And as you and I speak, I think I'll... Oh. Since we're talking about our girl, so... Yes. His fellow nominees at the Tewaka Toy Awards included Elizabeth Manahankin, Kiri Ka, and Hokimona Terika Hekerangi. In many ways, it was a gathering of old and dear friends. I guess friends who have gone, as well as friends who are here. So you see somebody like Liz Hankin, and you know, that's a long friendship. Uh, that's just one. Um, but then with Liz comes all our older Kahuguni people. There are a lot of words spoken at the Marae about we te tauhua. Yes. I think the thing that I, I really love when, you know, the, when they asked that, I said, who else? And then I found I'm in wondrous company. Mm-hmm. So to line up here with, you know, the likes of Liz and yes. Hotudo and yes. Kerry, the Queen of Tataraafiti, Hoki Mai, these they've been wonderful people. Yeah. So I'm 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 uh, I'm really young and old, uh Kanama, um Kuri and um the Wingarotata Tikanama. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those uh, yes. And then finally, oh well Ms. Patricia Grace herself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've had lots of hui at the pa at Hongoeka. Uh, yes, I was sharing with them my arrival in Wellington when I came to the Arts Council for this job. We arrived on a Saturday and packed in. And on Sunday morning, my, me and my family, we went off to church at Hongoeka Marae. Because we're some people from Te Pihopatanga o Waiapu uh, and Ngā Tangata Pene, you know, these, these elders of ours uh, who we call our friends because they, they were friendly to us, <laughs> to, to all the young people and Ko Kaumatua Haere and now um, we're standing where they stood. Our sort of kind of generation of real experts at Kaungunu had just all gone beyond, and that's Paraire Huata and, and Waimarama Puhara, and they are the people who taught the Tangata Moanas and the um, We Huatas, but that we actually learnt, we went and learnt some of the stuff from. But... Um, I never saw people like Waimara Mapuhara. Engari kuana kōrero, heke tonu mai. They were they were there as he kuputohu tohu as to who were your people, and we had our own elders. You know, we had women. I smile now about how sort of kopi kopi sounds to be like it belongs to just some one iwi. But <laughs> there was. <Sorry. laughs> I didn't need I them to say it. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I mean, we grew up with uh, party ladies who would turn that all that on at the drop of a hat. And wow. we were kabiharu matau ngatamari. We said, what's she doing? <laughs> but, like, they, we just saw this as a natural part of entertainment at Pukana and, you know, tino rawe kitawayata, kitakaranga, 
So we were rich ourselves in Pōrangahau around our families and our marae mm. uh, with elders who were well-versed in all those skills mm. and then sitting behind us in order to just address your heart's question was our, our tradition about our house at Pōrangahau which was carved by our tipuna, um, Te Hokowhitu. So um, we're sort of close and then like I'm now getting a bit older at the time that Dad renovated the meeting house so we took all the carvings down and cleaned them all up and renovated them in new, in new ways so that our house would uh, last for another year and now it's fantastic, it's fine, it's a beautiful home so we, we saved it but it was sinking in the ground because that's was the, that's what happened, you know, to the old houses because the poles were set on the ground. There was no kind of use to step off the marae, down a little bit onto the perch porch, and then further down when you went inside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was sort of like so. You know, it was a lifting of all those floors to get them above the ground to right. allow the air to circulate the concrete slab for the maho and uh, all that kind of thing. And even in front of the porch uh, where the marae was, was only papa, was just earth, and we lay concrete and all that. And then we learned about the carvings and the kōwhaiwhai because they all had to be... Tukutuku was pretty fine. We've only got one pattern in our house, potama. In 1984, the Te Māori exhibition was shown at the Met in New York and travelled to St. Louis, Missouri, San Francisco and Chicago. It then returned home and toured the country in the main city centres. The exhibition wrapped up in 1987. I asked him what he remembers most from the Te Māori exhibition. You remember the people, you know, our elders who travelled all the way over there and... And that's a big effort now. Uh, you know, it's not that easy to jump in a plane. It sounds all good, but it's a big effort. And I'm really grateful, for, like I'm glad. We we worked hard to look after them. You know, a little thing like when we on the way home, we always stopped and planned to do it and cost a bit more, but stopped and gave them a break in Hawaii for two days. And we had another one or two cope up in Hawaii, but to, to break the trip yeah. so that it wasn't too much for them. The legacy of Te Māori is yeah. still strong. People refer to that watershed, our arrival into the museum sector, our getting close to quite a lot of taonga that had only been put in museums. I mean, here, like Rotorua is like a living museum when you go into the houses. So yes. our welcome into Wahio last night, Katitura Haere, Ka Pakitaro Te Whare, you know, Ngā, ngā, ngā Whakairo. And you could just see uh, all the old school here and to grow up with this kind of house. But then you walk around the corner, there's another house. And you walk around this corner, there's another one. You go downtown, yes. there's new carvings. So, you know, our new uh, artists, where I sort of came to the Arts Council and started these sorts of things. That's right. Um, we, you know, there's Cliff Whitings and uh, 
uh, carvings downtown in this shop and uh, you can see some of the, even now, the next generation of people, the Rākei Pounamu people, Lewis Gardner, and all those young people that have come in Kauri uh, Masters and them, have come out of uh, the next generation again. So this is a living, you uh, know, wahitoi tēnei. This is a real arts world full of our cultural strength. Thank you.